Nearly a decade ago, I found myself filling the hours by listening to podcasts while my husband, Brooks, was training with the U.S. Army. Walking the streets of our Army post, I dreamt of creating something for women that bridged that gap between sermon audio and small talk. It was on the floor of my tiny closet on post that that very dream, the Dream for the Journey Women podcast, came to fruition in June of 2017. And today, by God's grace, Journey Women is now a not-for-profit ministry with the aim of moving women to know and love God more. Our monthly and one-time givers help make our mission possible. If you'd like to support the work that we do, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeywomen.org forward slash give. Thank you for investing in the work of Journey Women. Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Belis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On today's episode of the Journey Women Podcast, I'm chatting with Jill Atogwe on the topic of submission. We talked about everything from submitting to the Lord to how doing so actually enables us to joyfully submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Here's a little snippet. Submission is an ugly word in the culture. People don't want to say it. People certainly don't want to do it. But we're all created equal. It's not to say that anyone is less than. We are all created equal in the image of God, and yet we willingly choose to submit to one another out of love for Christ and each other. So you'll know her a little better. Jill is the woman behind the lifestyle blog, Gold and Graphite, and her goal is to make her life beautiful and glorify God with everything that he's entrusted to her. She's been married to her husband, Oshimago, for seven years, and she's a mama to her three-and-a-half-year-old son, Oshalema, and her nearly two-year-old daughter, Keogana. Now, on to my conversation with Jill on the topic of submission. Jill, welcome to the Journey Women podcast. I'm so stoked to have you on the show today. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. So you guys, I've like watched you on Instagram. You guys have like moved. <laughs> did you move across the country? Oh, oh, did we? Yes, we moved from <laughs> Virginia to Dallas, Texas a little over a month ago. You guys have had a ton of transition this summer, right? My goodness. Yes, it's been a very interesting summer, a very different summer than I thought when I mapped it out, but definitely been a growing summer. That's for sure. I know all transition is just hard in general. We've done that a lot. And so have you guys. How many times have you guys moved in your marriage? So we've done the big move twice. Um, when my husband was playing in St. Louis, we uh-huh. found out before the lockout that we'd be going to the Redskins. And yes. that was that was a very big move. Yeah, um, but then is. we were there for seven years. So Okay. That's a really good chunk of time. Like Brooks and I are about to be in our house for three years. And we were just talking yesterday. We we're like, this is the longest we've ever lived in one place in our like seven years of marriage. Oh my goodness. <laughs> three years. See, yes, we've lived we went back and forth between San Francisco and Washington, but I mean DC, but just being able to go back and forth, it doesn't feel like a move. Right. It just feels like a visit. So I can't yeah. imagine three years. Yes, yes, wow. yes, yes. Okay, so you kind of gave people a sneak peek, but tell us about your life. Tell us what your husband did and what you guys are doing now, all of those things. Okay, so I'm married to Oshimago. And when I met my husband, he was playing football in the NFL. He played for the St. Louis Rams. And that was just 
such an exciting and whirlwind time for us. And wait, was he already doing NFL like before you guys got married or did that come about after you guys got married? This is the crazy thing. We met at a conference called PAO, which is Pro Athletes Outreach. And it's this amazing conference for believers um, that are in the NFL. So my dad played in the NFL. He is a, yeah, he's a Hall of Fame football player and then coached in the NFL. So he's been in this community for a very long time. This is kind of in my blood a little bit. And we were at the conference because my dad was speaking there. And so it was my husband's rookie year that he attended for the first time. And that's where we met. Okay. That's crazy. Yes. Honestly, I don't remember meeting him. It was short, but God planted a seed (laughs) in his heart and that man (laughs) found me. (laughs) Oh, how precious. Yes. He found me two years later and it just, yes, from then on, it was just history. Um, So yes, he played in the NFL for eight years before retiring. Wow. Yes. And now we renovate houses Cool. That totally makes sense. I didn't know what you did because you also have this amazing design blog and you're a designer, right? Like you have a degree in fashion. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. So I, my whole life, I just knew in my bones that I wanted to be a fashion designer from the youngest age. And I, I don't even know where it came from, but I did. I eventually went to school um, to study fashion design and there was just this moment where my path shifted. I also played volleyball in college. And I remember coming back from this tournament in Hawaii, not a bad, not a bad place to have a tournament. Um, And I had some, a lot of work to catch up on in the sewing room. So I went to the sewing room and I remember it was midnight and this was a first for me. I was like, it's going to be dark and I'll be terrified and alone. And I walk in there and it was like a club. There was at least 50 people in there. And I asked someone, I was like, why are there so many people here? Like, why is it like this? And she was like, um, it's always like this. And I just saw in that moment, like this would be my life if I continue to pursue fashion design. Hmm. And I, I just had a shift of heart at that time. I was Mm -hmm. engaged, you know, I'm a junior in college and I'm, I knew this wasn't what I wanted. So I switched to fashion merchandising, um, which meant all business classes, but it was it was so much fun. So yeah. yes, I, I now get to use a lot of that, a lot of that these days. Well, I really appreciate your blog. I've just like started actually looking at the clothing aspect because I kind of realized like, <laughs> wow, I love everything Jill wears. And so why don't I just shop off of Jill? Because somebody asked me, Jill, they were like, did you get the same romper that Jill had on her Insta stories? And I was like, no, but that's when I kind of noticed like, oh, Jill kind of has like my dream fashion, not my actual fashion. <laughs> oh, I'm just in here blushing. That is so funny. <laughs> so kind of you. I have started becoming a connoisseur of the perks of your website, which has like this whole section on like things that you wear and what you should buy and things. I'm like, oh, this people do this for you. Like they sift through everything so that you don't have to do it. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, this is like the joy. The joy of my life is making other people like their clothing options just a breeze. I want them to look in their closet and be like, I love everything in here and getting dressed is easy and I can go be a mom and not worry about it. Oh, yes. Okay. So tell us about your babies. Okay. So I have two children and my son's name is Oshalema. He is three and a half and my daughter is Keogana and she's almost two. Where do your people get these awesome names? 
My husband is first, actually first generation Canadian, but his entire family before that is in Nigeria. Wow. So there's just such a rich culture behind yeah. their names and they're, you know, hard to pronounce. People are intimidated, but their names are a blessing from their grandparents. Oh, that's so wonderful. So do they have meanings? Yes. Yeah, so my, um, my son, Oshalema's name uh-huh. is God has made him perfectly. Wow. Yes. And it's, it's a name actually, when we told my husband's parents that we were pregnant, my father-in-law said, you know, I've had this name for Oshimago. I picked it out for his first child when he was in high school. And if you would just give me the honor, like you you can say no, but if you would, if you would consider the name Oshalema, I was like, in tears. Like, oh, I'm in tears. <laughs> of course. It was just so special. And then um, Keogana means, well, her name is Keogana Naira. And the Naira is biblical. So her full name means beautiful girl who seeks the Lord. Okay. See, you just can't replicate that in like a straight up <laughs> English name. You can't. And I just, you know, at first I fought against it. I you grow up and you have Sarah's and Sally's in your brain. Yes, and then Lauren. Yes, yes. <laughs> and you marry uh, an Oshimago and you know that Sarah and Sally is not in your future. And I just, I couldn't, I can't think of anything better for us. Oh, that's wonderful. I definitely wanted to be a Lauren, but I'm kind of happy I'm a hunter now. It was very difficult though in the third grade, I will say. (laughs) Hunter, I love your name so much. It was actually on a list. It was on a dream list. Oh, wow. For a girl? um, For my kids' names. You know, for a boy, but I love it for a girl. Oh, thank you. I do too now. It definitely makes me distinct and easy to identify, which is helpful sometimes. So Jill, I brought you on the show today to talk about the topic of submission. And I'd love to just kick it off by asking you, do you have some kind of a definition or an encapsulation of what submission actually is? Yeah. So, I mean, if you open up your dictionary and were to look up submission, submission is the act or fact of accepting or yielding to a superior force to the will or authority of another person. Yes. And to me, submission is coming under someone else's will out of obedience. Yes. So that's how I view submission for myself. That is exactly the definition that I have almost. I have uh, placing your will under the will of another. Exactly. Yes. I think a lot of times people think that's a really weak thing, like the word submission. But placing your will under the will of another, I can think of no harder thing like or stronger oh. <laughs> thing to actually do. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Is that something that comes naturally to you? Or are you like me where it's like a little bit of a struggle? I would not even say a little bit. I'm going to go all the way and say, <laughs> yes. I mean, I really wish I could sit here. I've, I've always wanted to be that sweetest honey person. Yes. That just you can tell like, <laughs> man, submission is a breeze for them. But from a young age, I've been pretty obedient. I mean, aside from some crazy years in high school where I just lost my mind a little bit, I was yeah, very yeah. obedient um, and outwardly submission was not a problem. I did what I was told. I did what was expected of me from my parents and my coaches, my teachers, but inwardly that Mm self-righteousness of believing that my way is better or I would be better served if I could have my way. That has been a struggle since the beginning. 
Life is crazy sometimes, and finding time to sit down and read the Bible can be difficult. That is why I love Dwell. When I can't find time to read the Bible, I can listen to it. The voices reading the Bible are soothing. They're not your normal narrators. Plus, you can choose calming background music and adjust the pace of the narrator's voice to get things just right. Dwell's newest release is called Dwell Daily, a fresh, thoughtfully crafted devotional that immerses you in the Word, allowing you to pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your engagement with the Bible this year, Dwell Daily is worth checking out. I cannot recommend Dwell enough to help you orient your mind to the life-giving Word of God throughout your day. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for your 25% discount to subscribe and spend time in God's Word. Jill, I'm thinking like my parents are going to be listening to this and they're going to be like, yeah, Hunter, we know that was a struggle for you. (laughs) That was a big struggle. And it still is. I don't know how it was for you with like the NFL wife thing, but, you know, just submitting to what God has for us ultimately through the means that he uses, which for us is the army. That's a real wrestle in my heart that's like present even today. For me, I mean, my husband retired three years into our marriage. So Mm. I have friends who, you know, they have the same rookie season as my husband and their husband's still playing and they've still been walking out this NFL wife life for, you know, 10, 11 years. And the thing that people don't understand sometimes about the NFL is that while there is um, some glamour to it from the outside, it is exciting. Um, It's very it's a blessing to have mm-hmm. half the year sort of free, have an off season, but there is nothing harder yeah. than um, just that unpredictability season totally. to season. Can't even imagine the stress of, involved with like the actual games and stuff like that. Oh, so stressful. And I've said this before, there was a point in time um, when my dad was the head coach for the 49ers mm-hmm. and my husband was the starting safety for the the Rams and they're in the same division and those games when they played each other when it meant that if one person wins then the other person's job is in jeopardy wow oh, it was just How a awkward. brutal brutal time and oh I, my goodness you know, yeah so people just don't think of that and you really no. don't know at the end of the season will we live here next year right you, I mean I remember moving like my dad would find out that he got a coaching job maybe February 1st and we would be packed up and move seven kids within three weeks. Wow. Yes. So there's just a lot of that. That's even more hardcore than the army. (laughs) I don't know about that, but it is overwhelming. And that trusting God's leading in that, especially when my husband got hurt out of nowhere and um, went from being a starting safety for seven years to being released due to injury. It was one of the greater struggles in both of our lives. Yes. Okay. So when did submission become so difficult? Like, why is this such a hard thing for all of us, regardless of whatever season we're facing? If you flip to Genesis 1, we see God creating the universe. Mm -hmm. And you flip to Genesis 2, and you see God creating Adam. Sees he needs a suitable helpmate. He creates Eve. And Genesis 3, we see the fall. Yeah. And 
you know, we see Eve in the garden and she's alone and the serpent comes up to her and he just has to ask one question for her to doubt everything. And it was, did God really say? Yeah. So she knows that she is not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was in her heart as truth. And we don't see, we see God tell Adam this. We don't see God tell this to Eve. So we have to assume that Adam, who Eve is submitted to, tells Mm. her that God said, do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And Satan just asks one question and she is swayed. And I think in Satan saying, you know, did God really say that? And Eve is like, well, of course, yes, he did. He said we can't. And she says, if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then you'll surely die. That's what God said. And Satan says, you will not die. And in that instance, it's not that Satan's trying to get her to question what God said. He's he's trying to get her to question who God was mm-hmm. and saying mm-hmm. he is a liar and he is selfish. He just doesn't want you to have what he has. And that's why he told you that. And that is still his tactic today. And I think yes. that's why submission is still so hard. And in that instance, you know, the curse is God told Eve that your desire will be for your husband, but he will rule over you. Yes. And that struggle is deep in us as humans. It was planted right there. Yeah. I think so much of it, for me anyways, has to do with not trusting who God is and not trusting his hand of provision in my life, which, I mean, I totally see that in Eve where she's like, wait a second, do I actually have everything I need here? Maybe I could gain more knowledge if I take of this tree and eat. I was just singing a song to Hadley last night and I was really, really struck and convicted, Jill, because we're in a season right now with the military where things are kind of up in the air, just to put it (laughs) vaguely. (laughs) And even beyond that, just in... Oh, just everyday life, you know, like from the energy that I have from day to day to my relationships, et cetera, et cetera. I just find myself so frequently faltering in unbelief, not trusting that the Lord has really given me everything that I need. And I was singing Great is Thy Faithfulness to Hadley last night before bed. I think it's like the second verse where it says, All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. And I just started weeping when I sang that because I'm like, All I have needed, your hand has provided. Like, do I really believe that that's true? And I think if I did, it would be so much easier for me to walk in submission. But I'm so, so prone to forgetting that as I go about my day. Can we continue just this theme of talking about scripture? I love how you laid out the Genesis 3 piece. Where else do we see that? practice of submission in scripture, or you can even take it the opposite route and tell us where where you see people faltering in submission to God. Where do we see that in scripture? I think one of my favorite scriptures about submission that, that really gave me a framework um, for, hmm. for changing how I viewed this, because there was a point, and I won't even tell you how recently I believe this, <laughs> um, where my one of my greatest comforts in submission was knowing that my husband was submitted to the Lord. Yeah. And that is a great thing. And that is God's design. But even if he wasn't, if my husband were an unbeliever, if my husband were not submitting any of his decisions or any of his will, I would still be 
called to submit to Him. And right. that is out of my submission to Christ. Right. And so if you'll allow me, I want to take it to the Amplified. I know it's fancy with all the... <laughs> this is my grandmother's favorite version. So Amplified is near and dear to my heart. I'm all about the Amplified and people literally like their faces look. Because <laughs> the verses are about twice the length. It's, it's like, <laughs> why are there so many words? And like, I just don't understand. But I just, I love the fullness of the, um, the yeah. picture of this verse. And so it's in First Peter 3, mm. where it says, In the same way, you wives be submissive to your own husbands, subordinate, not as inferior, but out of respect for the responsibilities mm. entrusted to husbands and their accountability to God. And so partnering with them, so that even if some do not obey the word of God, that they may be won over to Christ without discussion by the godly lives of their wives. And that blesses me so much because I was able to see this verse literally played out before my eyes mm. last year. Um, hmm. That there was a woman in our church yeah. who she got saved early in her marriage years and years ago, and mm -hmm. her husband did not. Yeah. We actually have a lot of listeners in that boat, Jill. So I'm really happy that you're touching on this. I get, I probably get a message every couple of days saying, can you do an episode on having an unbelieving spouse? Okay. Oh, okay. This is very exciting to yes. me. <laughs> so she, um, yes, her husband did not get saved. And I know she probably thought it would happen earlier than it did, but yeah. she was faithful every Sunday to come to church and then to bring her kids to church. And year after year, she was faithful to come serve the Lord in that way. But hmm. also she remained faithful to submitting to her husband and to pray for him. And last year, her husband gave his life to the Lord and wow. he was baptized. And I know that's not always the case, right? but it was just incredible to mm -hmm. me to see scripture played out and her husband was drawn to know the Lord through her conduct and submission. Totally. And so that's just the picture we get that yes, it's ideal that our husband is submitted mm -hmm. to the Lord, but even mm -hmm. if not, that we will still submit. I have seen a, a whole host of women, some of them may be listening, that have come to Christ through our time in the military whose spouses are not believers. And, you know, I always think about it as like their specific mission. Like we've talked in the podcast many times about how God has called us as ambassadors to bring His message of salvation to wherever He has placed us. And what more potent area of ministry than within the context of our own homes? And I know that comes with so much heartache and tears and the labor is just so difficult and challenging, but man, what better way for someone to see the gospel lived on display than by to live with someone who is embodying it. Yes, this is such yes. a potent ministry. So sisters do not lose heart in the midst of this. And obviously, you know, we're entrusting their souls to the Lord and begging the Lord to move mightily in their heart as only He can. But I just want to encourage you that this is a worthwhile ministry. I think my temptation, Jill, would be to think that I can't submit to my husband because he's not submitting to the Lord. And I can't really do what God's called me to do because my husband isn't doing what God's right. asking of him, you know? And um, right. you'd have to think about it differently. Like this is ultimately you walking in submission to God. And then I, I do want to talk, Jill, about like, what if your husband is asking you to do something that's out of context with what God's asking you to do? Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, so I think this is something that is just so important to understand in Acts 5.29, Scripture says we must obey God rather than human beings. Mm -hmm. And so if your husband 
is leading you into sin, Mm -hmm. that is when Mm -hmm. you will not submit. Right. Submission is not abuse. Submission is not slavery. Submission is not just mindlessly following your husband with no voice, no conversation. You both have a say and your husband just has the final say. Yeah. And if it doesn't align with scripture, then it's like, that's when you welcome other people into that situation, you know, especially, I think that's why it's so important to place ourselves into submission or under the authority of the local church so that when we navigate like really hairy situations like that, as I know that those situations, they do come about, you can have like wise counsel in navigating those circumstances, but it totally makes sense to me. Like you guys wouldn't have walked in submission to something that the NFL was asking of you if it contradicted scripture in the same way that we wouldn't walk in submission to something the army was asking of us if it didn't align with what God is asking us to do in his word. Yes, yes. Kind of similar thing for walking in submission to your husband. You know, another popular text that I think people often reference when we think about submission is that one in Ephesians 5. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. 522, you know, wives submit to your husbands, as to the Lord. But, you know, one of the things that I think we often just skip over or maybe miss is in chapter 5, where just in verse 20, a few verses before the wives submit to your own husbands, as to the Lord verse, it talks about submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. What does scripture mean when it says that we ought to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ? So I see this as we give reverence to Christ by following his example Mm -hmm. of love. I mean, submission is an ugly word in the culture. People don't want to say it. People certainly don't want to do it. But we're all created equal. It's not to say that anyone is less than. We are all created equal right. in the image of God, and yet we willingly choose to submit to one another out of love for totally. Christ and each other. Totally. Equal in value, but like distinct roles, if you will. Yes, yes. It just makes me think of like the body of Christ, like when we're walking in submission to one another, like in the same way in which our body like is walking in submission to the head, which scripture talks about is Christ, then we're able to ebb and flow and really ultimately just put on display God's glory um, by functioning and working together in a way that we couldn't do if we didn't walk in submission to one another, right? And put our preferences underneath uh, the preferences of others in our community, What about you? What does it look like for you to do that, uh, just like on a practical level? One of the most important things to take into account in submission in my own Christian community is humility. And I see in, for some reason, in church, it just turns into this place where we fall into temptation Mm -hmm. of pride and wanting to be served and believing that we know best. And we want the pastor to talk more about this topic. We want him to talk less about that topic. We have thoughts on worship. He puts those people in authority and God will use the people in authority for our good and for his glory. Mm -hmm. And we are not in control. And I think we just, we see it so many times in church that there's so much conflict and people have so many opinions mm-hmm. rather than believing, you know, the person that God has placed at the spiritual authority in that church, like God is not surprised by mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. that pastor. God is not shocked. He's not like, oh my goodness, Jill, I did not know you would be in this service. Like, wow, I messed up. No, God has placed that person there for a reason, and we are to come under their authority. And I think to keep in mind, too, something that I really overlooked until coming here and being put in the position of choosing a church again, Mm -hmm. 
I mean, my church, Grace Covenant in Mm -hmm. Virginia, was one of the biggest life changes that ever happened to me. And Hmm. the biggest blessing to both my husband and I, because it was the first time in our lives that we both served like consistently in a church yeah. and attended a small group and then hosted a small group. Oh, Yeah, we had both never done that before. Your schedule probably made it really challenging because he was playing on the weekends and da-di-da. Exactly. He's playing on the weekends and then in the off season, we are almost never home. And so we never planted into a church. We had, yeah. you know, we were members, but we were never there. Yes. So this was the first time I got to see like, wow, God's designed for church. Yes. And so as we're in the position of choosing our church again, I kind of overlooked the fact that, well, in Hebrews 13, 17, it says to obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. And their work is to watch over your souls and they're accountable to God. So while that's comforting to me, it also stands as a caution. Like before you decide to call a place your church home, what do they believe? And what does that pastor say? And do his words line up with the word of God before you say, yes, this is my spiritual leader that God is holding you accountable to. Mm -hmm. What do they say? And to take that really seriously into consideration. Seriously. Absolutely. Yes, for sure. I think that we talk about that on the podcast a lot, just about the importance of the local church and really being involved in community in the context of a local church. Like this podcast is no replacement for real life on life, face-to-face conversations, you know, about about whatever spiritual topic that you're that you're intaking, um, and right. our prayer is ultimately that the podcast would just serve as a springboard for real life conversations in the context of your everyday community. And yeah, I think when you're choosing a church, this is something that I will recommend to people often. Like you have to make sure that the church is preaching the word of God, that they're preaching from the text, that the, the the whole of the service is centered around God's word. Obviously, that's going to comprise like centering around the gospel. So it's our hope and our prayer that if you aren't a member of a local church yet, that this would just be an encouragement to get plugged in. There's like a lot of episodes on the podcast if you want to go back and listen to more of that. I'm glad that we're having a conversation in kind of a holistic way because I think a lot of times when we think of submission, like the only thing we think about, Jill, is submit to your husbands. Like that's it. (laughs) For married people and for unmarried, so much of our practice of submission is, again, like you're saying, like it starts in the context of the local church and then within the body, we're like mutually submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Like how much throughout the day are we practicing submission? Not to mention the fact that we are submitting to God the Father in every single moment of every single day. And so when you look at it that way, does it not kind of feel like submission? Submission to your husband is like just one small piece of a much more holistic puzzle when it comes to submission. It is. And that's why I think it gives me comfort sort of to know when you feel like, wow, submission feels really difficult Mm -hmm. still. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Yeah. Well, when you picture in the garden, it was Adam and Eve and God, like the God of the universe. That was who they submitted to. And they failed. And fast forward to today, (laughs) we have presidents and mayors and managers, bosses, the laws of the land, everything. And it's like, wow, I wonder why this is so difficult. We just have so many opportunities to grow. Within the context of marriage in particular, if we can talk about that just a little bit more for a second, since I know that that's something that so many of us 
we do struggle more there, seemingly so, because it's such an intimate relationship. It's the the closest level of intimacy that we'll ever experience on this side of heaven. So like, it can get a little clunky, <laughs> a little <laughs> challenging. Have you ever struggled with viewing yourself or your role as a wife as less important because you're being asked to submit to your husband, like in a biblical sense? I have, and in a big way, I think especially early on, because, you know, like I said, I was I was married at 21. Like I had just turned 21 years old. I can't even imagine that. That would have been <laughs> scary for, for Brooks. <laughs> it was just like peak pride, peak who yes. am I? It was all of those things. But not only that, my husband was 29 mm-hmm. and we're nine years apart. Yeah. He was about to 30. So I, I had this fear that was planted. Like if, if I'm just kind of letting him make every decision and I just come up under yes. that with no say, am I going to lose my voice? Absolutely. And yes. I just needed him to know, like, I'm not a child. I needed everyone around us to know I'm not a child. And I, this inner rebellion came out of me to yeah. the point where I was not even trying to make decisions like for the best of our marriage. I just wanted to be right. And Mm, I just wanted mm -hmm. to win. And I wanted to have a, I told you so moment of, you know, making decisions and literally, thankfully this didn't last long. And I'm telling you month three, like month three of marriage, I'm sitting crying and I'm like, this is not (laughs) I'm not laughing like, because I've been there. <laughs> yeah, Hunter, yes, I'm not, I'm not saying like this marriage isn't working. I'm saying this is where I dug in and had to just really understand like, Lord, what do you mean in submission? It certainly can't mean that I'm a robot. I don't get to talk and I right. just do whatever is presented in front of me. And I think just getting the understanding that submission does not reflect importance mm-hmm. or value. Mm-hmm. It simply reflect, reflects order. That was life changing for me. Where did you gain that idea? Did you like find that reading your Bible or how did that come about? You referenced it earlier, but we see in, you know, 1 Corinthians 12 when they're talking about the body and yes. I just started off picturing myself as like that pinky toe of the body. Like yes. He, he is the head and I'm literally in the shoes, the pinky toe. Like no, I don't matter at all. But even in that scripture, mm. you know, the eye cannot tell the hand, like I don't need you. And the hand cannot, t- we, no body part can say to another that I don't need you. Right. And not only that, it says that God arranged the members of the body, each of them as he chose. And the mm-hmm. parts of the body mm-hmm. that are weaker are indispensable mm-hmm. and bestow honor. And I was like, Lord, this is speaking to marriage. Like this is speaking to marriage that. Yes. And okay. Can I tell you a story? Oh, this absolutely. Is, I love stories. The, uh, <laughs> the deeper vision that God gave me about this. So I have enormous feet. Okay. I wear a size 12 shoe. I saw that. I actually take heart with that because I wear a 10, which I'm not even tall like you. So that I feel like we're equal here. I'm five, six. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, you're with me. You're with me. So yeah. So I, at 10 years old, so just look at your feet at 10 years old. I wore a size 10 at yes. 11 years old. I wore a size 11 at 12. I wore 12. So you was, can't even go shopping like at Dillard's, right? No, I, yeah. I could like, I, there was literally orthopedic shoes were my options. And I was <laughs> about to turn 13 and I'm like, Lord, I can't take it. Like I can't turn 13 strictly because I can't wear a size 13 shoe. Thankfully, 12 was where it ended. But all of that to say, I had this epiphany at 12. And I'm like, 
mom, I just, you know, when I grow up, I'm going to get surgery and I'm going to just like lop off <laughs> pinky toe and all of that little slipper of foot gone. <laughs> gonna I just need feet. a size seven right here. Like, right here. I'm just pinky toe <laughs> sliver done. I'm, that's my solution. And my mom was like, Jill, that's part of your body for a reason. Like if you lost those pinky mm. toes, mm-hmm. you would lose your balance. Yes. And yes. I'm like, that didn't even occur to me. It's my pinky toe. Like who, yeah. who cares? I don't need that thing. Pinky toe? Right. But like God, God cares about that pinky toe and gave that pinky toe purpose. And all of this toe nonsense yes. to say that yes. this is part of his order, that yes. it's a position, the, the head is a position, but all parts of the body create that unity yeah. and that flow that he intended for our marriage. Maybe it would be helpful if we could just talk about what some things are that submission isn't. We talked about what submission is. Sometimes I think like looking at it from the opposite angle can help me to determine when I'm like seeking to walk in submission, but it's actually an inaccurate picture of that. I mean, we talked earlier about submission not being anything that is uh, following our husbands into sin, but I think also... It's important to remember that submission is not submitting to our husbands in place of God, that our husbands do not become our God because we are submitted to them. And that's how if we come into um, an area where we don't have peace about something Mm -hmm. or, you know, we're making a decision that it's like, oh man, I don't know about this, that we are still submitted to the Lord and we Mm -hmm. still bring these things to the Lord and allow him um, to do that work in us. Because Hunter, I've had, there's been times in our marriage, I mean, many times where we've been about to make a decision and I don't have peace about it. And rather than my husband being like, you know what, this is what we're going to do. We both just yeah. kind of prayed about it and yes. stepped back and considered all of the options. And the Holy Spirit has just would put something on my heart where I honestly couldn't even explain it. And I'm like, look, this is a terrible argument because I have I have no words for why I feel this way, but I know in my spirit mm-hmm. we're not supposed to do this and I, I cannot find peace with it. Mm-hmm. So in that moment, we've gone the other way. And instead yeah. of doing that thing, we didn't. Yes. And there's sometimes, sometimes I don't, you don't see anything from it. And you're like, Lord, I don't know why you let us that mm-hmm. way. And I'm grateful we obey, but I, I don't know why you let us that way. And other times it becomes so apparent Yeah. very shortly after, like, wow, Lord, thank you for leading us away from that decision Mm -hmm. because you took away peace because that was not your will for us. Yeah. So it's so important that we don't go about this blindly. And of course, we we trust our husbands. We love our husbands, Mm -hmm. but we still always need to offer up an opinion that was formed in prayer. Yes. Yes. In light of the word. Totally. That is what makes us strong in marriage is both of us being submitted to the Lord and coming together with that heart. Yes, I completely agree. I think us saturating ourselves in the Word of God is so huge for walking in submission, obviously to God's will for our life, but then like just in all other areas. So I love that you drew that out. What does it look like for you, Jill, on a practical level to walk in submission? Like if your husband's making a decision, maybe you come to him and you're like, man, I don't know if I have peace about this. And he's like, no, baby, this is something that I really think that God is asking us to do. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, even if you don't agree with the decision that he's making, what does it look like for you to walk in submission to that if it does align with God's will? 
I mean, early on in marriage, I was just convinced that if it was uncomfortable, mm. that I... It couldn't be right. Right. It was like <laughs> yes. borderline simple. I'm like, no, no, no. Yes. You don't understand. I don't like, I don't like that. I'm really uncomfortable. Yes. It's like, yeah, well, that's what we're going to do. Like, And you're like, that characterizes <laughs> the whole Christian life. That's what I'm realizing. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, if it's uncomfortable, you probably are walking in obedience. <laughs> right. You're in good company and you're, you're, doing, you're doing it right. Yes. So that is just something that I have to keep in mind. But something else is that we walk best in agreement. Sometimes mm-hmm. it just doesn't happen. You know, yeah. sometimes we cannot get on the same page about something. Mm-hmm. And the most important thing for us is that we just make a commitment to fully understand the other's heart on the issue. Uh-huh. That before we make a decision, if one of us is still, you know, in the dark about something or can't see the other's point of view, we keep working at it. And once we've reached, we both fully understand each other, if we still don't agree, then I just turn to prayer and Uh I can say, Lord, we are not seeing eye to eye on this. And I just pray that you would reveal to me your will in this situation. And if I'm wrong, Father, please give me peace about this. Uh Please Uh let me be ruled by peace. And if he's confused or if he's being misled, Lord, I pray that you would reveal that to him. And until then, you just walk in it. So what joy do you experience, Jill, when you are walking in submission? I know it's clunky, but I know. But when you're doing it, uh, when you're working it out, like, what's the joy in doing so? First of all, we walk in peace. I know yes. for a fact from walking out of submission for those early months of marriage and then um, even in just different different times in my life that we were never intended to be God and decide what should happen when and what we deserve and what is best for ourselves. That That is too heavy a burden for us and it feels wrong and it feels stressful mm-hmm. um, because it is. And mm-hmm. I know that the instant uh, gratification almost of walking in submission is peace. It's mm-hmm. peace. Mm-hmm. It's spirit of knowing I'm doing what the Lord called me to do, but also Mm -hmm. peace because everything falls into his perfect alignment that this is where his covering is Mm -hmm. this is where his protection is and i don't want to walk outside of that certainly not just for my own pride Mm -hmm. and there's also just such joy there it's so much richer obviously dying to self doesn't sound pleasant and it's not this (laughs) this blissful experience but the fruit of it is Mm. it is so so wonderful and to start feeling that baby steps of getting yes. better and better at it and to having less and less rebellion in your own spirit when mm-hmm. you submit, um, it's like the more you do it, the more natural it is and the less fight there is in it. Um, and it just, it feels like what's healthy for your marriage. It feels like what's right in relationship. Lack of submission suddenly is glaring and it's painful and you're instantly on your knees asking for forgiveness because it's no longer who you are. And I think that's just the beauty of submission. 
Yes, I love it. You're totally making me think of the verses in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, which I think a lot of people probably have memorized, almost to the point of where it becomes rote because you just kind of have it on a coffee cup and stuff like that. But, you know, it talks about being anxious for nothing. Like, I think the ESV, gosh, I I think I have it in NIV, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, like you were talking about, which transcends all understanding, totally doesn't make sense to the world, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And so I think I'm coming to recognize like when that peace doesn't feel as organic and as easy, when the submission doesn't come easy, when you feel like you're having to grind it out, presenting your requests to God, like you talked about, ultimately entrusting yourself to the Lord and he'll guard our hearts and our mind in Christ Jesus. So I just hope that people are encouraged from our chat today just to ultimately walk in submission to the will of the Father in the same way Jesus did. I love that prayer and I'm going to remember that this week. So what other resources would you recommend, Jill? for somebody who desires to grow in walking in joyful submission to God and to those around them? I hate to do this, but I have to do it. I think the first resource I have to recommend is the Word. Yes. I really did not have a full or proper picture of submission until I saw it in Scripture. And I think, you know, you'll open up the Bible and be reading about something that you would don't realize has anything to do with submission and the Lord will give you a picture of how he intends submission to look like in your Mm -hmm, life. And I just, mm -hmm. that's the beauty of the word. So there's no greater resource than the Bible for learning. That's the only resource we need, really. (laughs) That and Christian community, period. There you go. (laughs) There it is. There it is. So that's my one. And my number two is to seek counsel in relationships that you admire. I think. Mm, I love that. Yes. I just, was so blessed early in marriage to have obviously relationships like my parents. But, you know, when you get married, you don't, while it is such a blessing to have such a beautiful picture of marriage, the way that God intended in your parents, when you do get married, you don't always want your only resource to be your parents. And so I was so thankful to have mentors in church and in the NFL. There's such great resources in the team chaplains and their wives and Bible study leaders. There's usually a team women's study, and that blessed me tremendously. And I would just, I mean, stalk marriages and watch how couples handled conflict and be that creepy person across the room like, wow, that was seamless. Like, you don't even know I'm watching you, and I'm impressed. Like, that that is the type of thing that— take note of and I would pull those people aside and say how do you how do you do that can you just give me a play by play and a framework for what just happened and re- being willing to have those people in your life that you can be raw with and share your struggles with like I am struggling with pride in this area and you know submitting in this area is really hard like can you first of all pray with me and can you second of all help me and yes yeah help me rethink this and I I just think it's been irreplaceable in my life to have those women and those marriages that just poured into ours Mm, in that area. I love that. So my last resource would be the book, Love and Respect. Uh And I know this is one that I think every church recommends for every engaged couple. Yeah, premarital. 
Yes, yes. So we read it during our engagement. And this this helped me understand not only my role as a wife in submission, mm. but it gave me that greater picture for my yeah. husband's role in our marriage. Because, I mean, when you think about his role, that he one day will stand before the Lord and give an account for everything that went on in his household. And that's just such a huge responsibility. And when I think of that, like I know in his heart that he is doing his best to submit to the Lord. And it it just kind of reframes my role um, mm-hmm. as wife. Like, let me come under him and support him in that um, and encourage him in that and pray for him in that. Um, but it does, it gives such a great picture for the wife's role of submission. Oh, that's great. I need to probably revisit that because it's been about a decade. <laughs> yeah, it's been eight years for me. So yes. Uh, I need to crack it open again, too. Cool. Well, what are three of your simple joys, Jill? This is a question that I love to ask every guest who comes on the show. Okay. My first simple joy, I have to say, is coffee creamer. I mean, Aww. simplest. Well, I need your coffee creamer because you like do all the things clean. So I imagine that your coffee creamer is going to be a better option than like Coffee Mate. Am I wrong? It, hey, it's it's coconut, but yes. like coffee creamer, the vanilla yes. flavor. Yes. I can't say the sugar is probably much less than but Coffee Mate. But it's just a spruce. You got to have that in yes. there. Do you like froth it or yes. do you just put it in straight? Oh, I'm so simple. I just make a cup of decaf in the Keurig and then I pour in, pour in cold from the fridge, this coconut creamer. It is really good. It's just like the best Simple possible joy. way to start the day off. Totally. And then now every evening I sit down on the couch with my husband and I have a cup of tea now and I'll put a splash of that in a peppermint tea and it is Ooh. like game changer. Okay. Game changer. Very good to know. Cause I love peppermint tea is like my jam. Yes. Yes. I'm on a kick every night. It's like we put the kids to bed, exhale, make a cup of tea. It's my routine. I'm very into it right now. Oh, so am I. Got to get a good <laughs> book. I'm not even making this up. You got after 12 p.m. It's peppermint tea. Pre 12 p.m. It's coffee. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> All right. What else do you have for us? My second simple joy is my siblings. I mean, that's crazy to say. Um, I love that though, because you have six siblings. Like I I always wonder if people that grow up in a really big family like that, like resent their siblings, because where are you in the lineup? I'm third oldest. Okay. See, you probably took care of a lot of them. If you were to peer into our house yeah, yeah. <laughs> as kids, you you would not see this coming because none of us <laughs> did. Um, but my parents were so intentional. And I just say, I say this so often that my mom will just say, I have praying knees. Like I have Aww. sore, dry knees. And these are praying knees that we prayed for these relationships. And Aww. it just is the greatest gift. I mean, the greatest gift of my life was my mom. She was pregnant or nursing for 13 years. Like, oh my word, thir- that's so intense. Years, and that makes my body hurt. But I'm like, mom, <laughs> every day I am so grateful because now six of us live here in Dallas, which uh-huh. has never happened. We've not lived, oh, um, all of us lived together. Yes. yes, it's been since high school. I have not lived by wow. my family. And then the seventh sibling is moving here next month. So we will all be together. That's I amazing. Mean, <laughs> That yes, is so like, cool. Yeah. Do people have kids or is it just you guys that have kids? 
So my older sister has uh-huh. one daughter and my younger sister last year had a son. So Aww. there's four grandkids on this side. And I mean, I, I'm just living my dream. I work out with my sisters at six in the morning. And oh, that's so wonderful. Yes. We all go to church together every Sunday. We have family dinner on Sundays. It's just like... Oh, my word. My storybook. Yes. Storybook happening Okay. Right now. That that's not even a simple joy. That's just like joy, joy, joy. The greatest <laughs> joy. Yes, like my cheeks hurt. I'm so grateful. Um, yes. Yeah, so then, my third simple joy is painting. And yes. So I was yeah. reading this. You like also do art in addition to the design, right? I do. I that's do. So cool, I, Jill. Yeah. I have. I yeah. mean, this is like the extent of my artistic bones, right here. It's happening right now. <laughs> I mean, don't downplay this. Because this is pretty <laughs> impressive. But yes, I've been an artist my whole life, and I mostly do watercolors, and I still do custom commissions every now and then. My fashion illustration was a huge focus of mine, and I studied fine art in school. Um, but it's something about having kids you just yeah it's like wow has it been three months since I even picked up a brush yeah it's sad sometimes but it's still whenever I get the chance just fills up my heart I'm like oh yes you put this in me for a reason even if it's just to make me smile yes it's definitely a simple joy. Once they get a little older too, when it's not like finger paint goes all over the entire house, I imagine okay. it can become more of a family affair. <laughs> yeah, that definitely. I have high hopes. High hopes. For the next oh, few years. I love it so much. Well, it's been so fun to catch a glimpse of y'all's life in Dallas now. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show. Before you go, I would just love to hear from you, Jill. Who is it that's had the greatest impact on your own personal journey with Jesus? I'd say definitely my parents. Mm. My parents, I was blessed enough to grow up in a a household that we learned, believed, and held in high regard the Bible. And I'm so Mm. grateful for that. But also we learned at an early age the importance of the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I I never take it lightly as I've grown. And also then my husband. I just, I can't picture my life without him. And when I met him, he was the first person, I mean, we're nine years apart, so we're not the same age, but outside of like the next generation, I'd never seen someone with a heart for the Lord like he had. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Yeah. So he didn't get saved until college, but it's like he had been walking with the Lord for a hundred years and he just inspired me and encouraged me and he's been the greatest gift to me. Okay. Well, I just love you guys from afar, seriously. And (laughs) I mean, that's why I had you on the show. It's just such a joy to get to watch your family and to catch you, catch glimpses of you walking out joyful submission to your hubby and ultimately to the Lord. So thank you so much for letting us walk with you in this capacity on the Journey Women podcast today. It's just been a joy. Hunter, thank you so much for having me. And I just, this has been such a joy for me. It's every Monday, the highlight of my Monday, driving to my workout is listening to your podcast. And you're such a blessing to so many. So thank you. I am so thankful for Jill's encouragement to submit our whole lives to the Lord, to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ and for us merry gals to walk in joyful submission to our hubbies. 
Y'all know that you can find the details on everything that Jill and I talked about in the show notes at journeywomenpodcast.com, including the noteworthy quotes from our conversation. If you want to talk more about the topic of submission throughout the week, hop over to at journeywomenpodcast on Instagram or Facebook. Hey, if you're enjoying these conversations, I want to ask you just to share your favorite episode with a girlfriend. Just text it to her right now. My personal favorite episode varies by the day, but the conversation that I share with Brad Evangelista on spiritual disciplines, it was episode 34. That definitely made the top three list. Anytime I cry in the closet during an interview, you know it's a good one. Thanks for sharing the podcast, you guys. It helps get Journey Women into the hands of other women on their journeys to glorify God. A huge thanks to Chris Mann with Podshaper who edited this week's episode. It's such a joy to get to journey with you guys. Can't wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week. Oh.